Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For Jake Bean's wrister. It's Stahl. Bean goes and picks up the rebound. Sends it behind the net where Stahl needs it for Fogel. Back at the story scores! Jordan Stahl pulls his way to the blue paint. And he stays red hot his fifth of the season. And the Canes down 3-2. The Canes up 6-3 looking for more. Especially coming to Slippy score! Jordan Stahl, the captain, with the deflection out in front. And the second goal of the game for the Canes captain. And the lead goes to 7-3. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Well, welcome to the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for my rainy back porch, but it's okay. I'm undercover uh, it rained a lot of goals on the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. The Hurricanes pick up another win, and they are now 10-3. and They win it by the count of 7-3. Could have been more. We had one goal disallowed. I thought we were going to have two goals disallowed, but it was, a, uh, it was a wild first period, and then Carolina's dominance kind of took over. The Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Don't you know? If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Hanna and his crew do a great job. Again, anything for the outside of your home? I know windows are partially on the inside. Half of them, right, are on the inside. Bay windows, bow windows, entry doors, storm doors, which I might need one. Uh, You might want to check them out. Aluminumcompany.com. This night did not start well. Columbus scored twice in the first six minutes. Carolina looked a little lethargic, but they got their feet moving after that. And at one point, it was 3-1 Blue Jackets. Carolina scored six straight to end the night. Uh, They chased Jonas Corposalo, and uh, Elvis Merzlikens was in the building, uh, and he came on to play the third. He didn't fare much better than Corposalo. I will tell you this. Nothing that happens to the Blue Jackets is the fault of their goaltenders. I think their goalies are really good. I don't care what the numbers say. I think their goalies are good. I think Columbus's defense is horrific. Carolina had tons, 16 high-danger scoring chances in two periods. 16. I mean, you're lucky to get, you know, 10, 12 for a game. 16 in the first two periods, Carolina uh, was at that point on top five to three. All right, well, a uh, couple of quick things. Then we'll do a recap. Then we'll talk to Alec Campbell, uh, my friend and host of Stormwatch and Aftermath on the Hurricanes radio network. We've been waiting for Tavo Taravani. Well, he showed up to PNC Arena tonight. Uh, a goal and three assists. He had a goal disallowed. Sebastian Ajo was great. Brock McKinn had a 4.9, two goals and two assists. That line accounted for 10 points. Finns McGinn, which does sound like a St. Patrick's Day band, uh, and maybe it is, but Finns McGinn had 10 points. Just an absolutely tremendous effort from that line. They, were, they didn't even play a ton. That's what the interesting thing 
uh, is at ice time. Uh, Aho, McGinn, and Taravanen all came in at like uh, 13 minutes or less, basically. Uh, the, uh, the, the minutes eater, well, there really wasn't a minutes eater tonight. This is what happens, I guess, when you have a quality fourth line. Uh, I thought Cedric Paquette had an impact in this game. Uh, threw his body around five hits. He was a he brought the abrasion that the Hurricanes were looking for. Uh, five hits. Jesper Faust had two hits. I thought this was Jesper Faust's best game as a Hurricane. Jordan Martinook was uh, was really good tonight. Had a shorthanded chance. Jesper Faust even got power play time. Do I sound excited? I should probably dial it back a touch. Uh, all right. So uh, again, the fourth line uh, was on the ice a good amount. So you didn't have to overuse Aho or Stahl, who was under 17 minutes of ice time tonight. Oh, did I mention Jordan Stahl? Did I mention that Jordan Stahl had two goals tonight? I didn't. He had two goals tonight. Yeah. Second goal just kind of went off his knee on the way in. It was probably going in anyway. Uh, but Stahl gets credit for it because, you know, he has a giant body, and it hit him on the way through. Uh, really a great play from Svechnikov to Trocek. Uh, in the high slot, who deflected it on net, uh, and then it went off Stahl's knee and passed Merzlikens. That was the final goal. But please, let's just all climb aboard the Jordan Stahl train, shall we? Two goals tonight, four shots on goal, two hits. He won. He won 12 of 18 faceoffs. I think we'll just keep saying it until it's no longer true. Yes, Connor McDavid. Yes, Leon Dreisaitl and others are going to score oodles of points. But if Jordan Stahl is even close to a point per game, and he is not in the in the conversation for the Hart Trophy, he has been dreamy. Absolutely dreamy. Six goals, eight assists, 14 points in 11 games. Nope, 11 or 10 games. Stahl missed two games. He missed the... Uh, Second Detroit game and the first game in Nashville. So uh, he's played 11 games, and he's got 14 points. Again, it's probably not going to last because it generally doesn't when you're not necessarily a point-per-game scorer. Just like I don't really think that Brock McGinn is going to score 25 goals this year. I don't think so, but until he proves me otherwise, since McGinn is tied for the team lead with Nino Niederreiter with seven goals. Did I say that out loud? McGinn and Nito have seven each. Svechnikov, Trocek, and Stahl have six. Yes, Sebastian Ajo is sixth on the team in goals with four. Like, four goals in 13 games. It's not terrible, right? I mean, it's not awesome. It's not 40-something goal pace, but we all know that Sebastian Ajo hasn't gotten on that goal-scoring heater yet, and he's going to get on one. Uh, Andre Svechnikov has now gone five games without a goal. Nobody is complaining because the rest of the lineup is just absolutely killing it. Uh, but let's be fair. Jordan Stahl has been the best forward on this team. Uh, and the line of uh, Stahl with Svechnikov and Fogel was very, very heavy tonight. Very heavy tonight. Uh, Trocek played well again. Uh, maybe their line wasn't quite as good as it has been, but he was good. Uh, Nino was okay. Martin, I thought Natchez played a good game. Uh, as you could tell, uh, he has an ability to find uh, seams and thread the needle on passing, and that was uh, the a power play goal. Nino's power play goal at the end of the second period really was started by a great pass from Natchez. But I think you saw 
You saw Tavo Taravon, and not at his best because he's not at his best yet, uh, but I think you saw Tavo Taravon getting very close to his best because the coordination on the pass from uh, that he took from Natchez and then delivered it to Nino in the slot, it went skate to stick to, uh, right away and uh, then the feed to Nino, and it was phenomenal how well uh, Taravon was able to handle that pass. And I will say that in the first couple of games back, you could tell the hands weren't there. As much as everything else, the hands were not there for uh, Taravani. Uh But that was that. A uh, couple of, uh, I, I mentioned the, the, the top line or the fourth line, uh, uh, Cedric Paquette centering uh, Jordan Martinuk and Jesper Foss really had an impact uh, in this game. And if you look at ice time, Foss played 13 and a half minutes. Uh, Martinuk played... 1346 uh Paquette who was in a car for uh for 14 hours or however long uh he played 11 and a half minutes uh but they had an impact in the game and that's all you want from your fourth line they were not you Rod Brindamore will not be afraid to put them out there against mo, you know not all top lines but uh I think as long as you're not dealing with uh you know incredible amounts of speed Rod is not going to hesitate to put them out there because they could bring a physical and an energetic brand to hockey, and I think that's what we saw tonight when they were on the ice. Jake Bean gets in the lineup. Hayden Fleury comes out. Jake Bean has two assists. I'm not saying that Hayden Fleury's getting Wally Pipp because I don't think that's the case. Uh, whatever the reason Jake Bean drew in, Jake Bean was pretty good tonight. Uh, obviously better offensively than defensively. Had a couple of mistakes in his own end. Uh, that Rod Brindamore will uh, take to video and say, here, here's what you should do. Don't do this. Uh, but uh, made a really good play on Jordan Stahl's first goal and then getting the shot through on that for Brock McGinn's deflection goal. Uh, Bean was useful tonight offensively, and that's what Carolina will want from him when he gets in the lineup. And maybe this is also a little bit of a wake-up call to Hayden Fleury. You played your best last year when you were being a little bit more physical. They need a little bit more physicality from Hayden Fleury, uh, and I'm sure that Fleury will get back in the lineup at some point, and who knows, he'll come out. I mean, there's always you're always going to have little injuries. You're always going to have the you know COVID popping up. It might, might get somebody else, uh, but it was nice to see Jake Bean play well. I don't think Jake Bean was uh, you know the next Norris Trophy winner tonight, uh, but he played uh, 13-43, uh, he had one shot on goal, but I thought he made some nice, subtle plays offensively. Obviously, picks up two assists, so good for him. All right, let's let's uh, let's see if we can't figure this whole thing out. Uh, the Hurricanes did not get off to a great start as we do the recap, and then after the recap, uh, we'll be joined by Alan Campbell after a short break. So it didn't get off to a good start for Carolina. Columbus is able to clear. Rosselvich goes after it. Rosselvick into the slot out in front. They score. Cam Atkinson early left alone in front of Reimer. Buries the pass from line A in Columbus. Jumps out to a quick 1-0 lead. Just a little bit of a sleepy start. It looked like Warren Fogle kind of uh, lost concentration there and didn't follow uh, Atkinson down to the front of the net. He was at least the closest forward anyway. So uh, Hamilton had his man. Slavin had a guy in the uh, in the corner. Uh, but there was nobody marking Cam Atkinson in front. So 26 seconds in, it's one nothing. Uh, five and a half minutes later, Dougie Hamilton was asleep in front. 
keeping the puck in the Canes end. It's their captain, Foligno. Behind the net, throws it out into the paint. Reimer has to sprawl and make a save, but it crosses over the goal line. Boone Jenner is going to get credited for knocking this one past Reimer in a 2-0 Blue Jacket lead with 14.05 left here in the first period. Jenner beat Dougie Hamilton. He just kind of skated around and in front of Dougie Hamilton and boxed him out. Uh, Hamilton was trying to be physical with him, but Boone Jenner might just be stronger than Dougie. I don't know, uh, but he was on this play. And then Hamilton actually ended up uh, redirecting the puck back in under James Reimer with his skate. Uh, but the play was made because Jenner beat Dougie Hamilton to the spot. It was really no fault of James Reimer. Neither was the first goal the fault of James Reimer. And then we have some odd things happening because the first period was... Odd, but fun, uh, but odd. Tavo Taravainen thinks he has his first goal of the season. Or so. Now the Canes with a steal. Oh, they score! Tavo Taravainen, the benefactor of the thievery of Ajo, and the Canes cut into the Blue Jacket lead. It's 2-1. to one. It was a great steal by Ajo of a Seth Jones pass up the center, uh, but ultimately it didn't matter. Because Columbus challenged for offside, and 45 seconds earlier, Warren Fogel entered the zone ahead of Andrei Svechnikov. And uh, because the puck never left the offensive zone, they were the Hurricanes were deemed to have been in illegally, so the entire sequence was waved off. The entire sequence even though none of the players who figured in the offside were on the ice when the goal was scored, the entire sequence was waved off. So that goal came off the board. The next one didn't. Carolina keeps it in. Slavin at the blue line to Ajo. Ajo at the top of the circle. He scores! The magician does it again from the top of the circle. What a goal for Sebastian Ajo. And the Canes now cut into the lead of it was uh, it was sleight of hand that Aho uh, threw a little bit of traffic, put the ball, put the ball. <laughs> it is it's a flat ball, a puck, don't you know? Uh, Aho went just inside the far post. You heard the ring off the inside of the post and in, and it was two one. Two and a half minutes later, uh, Kevin Stenland. I'm going to guess that he would have been a great baseball player, and maybe he was in Sweden, a great baseball player. Uh, because it was a shot, I forget even who took the shot, that hit Reimer and then popped up in the air out in front of the goal, probably about 15 feet in front. And you could see uh, Stedland was just watching it flutter in the air and fall slowly to the ice. But before it got there, he swung like a baseball bat swing and just hit a line drive (laughs) right through Reimer for 3-1. It really was. It was like... Uh, timing a hanging curveball, and he just absolutely crushed it. So it's 3-1, and the Hurricanes are still pushing, and this is where Jake Bean steps in. Uh, maybe his best play of the night. For Jake Bean's wrister. It's Stahl. Bean goes and picks up the rebound. Sends it behind the net where Stahl leaves it for Fogel. Back at the story scores! Jordan Stahl pulls his way to the blue paint. All right, here's what Bean did. Uh, collected the puck deep along the wall on the right, to the right of the goal. And uh, rather than put it out to the point, 
He just shoveled it down low behind the net. Stahl went and got it, passed it to Fogel. Fogel dished it back to Stahl in front. Uh, and it was, as our friend John Forzel used to say, hack and whack time. Uh, I think it was the second poke at it, uh, and he pushed it through Corpusalo. So a late first period goal, and it's 3-2. And maybe that was the difference uh, because Carolina got started early, early in the second. Brock McGinn went to work. One into the Columbus zone. Beans give chase. Good work by Taravina. Throws one out front. They score! Brock McGinn! He continues his torrid goal-scoring pace, and the Canes have tied it at three. Steal by Ajo along the wall. Gets it to Taravina uh, just up ahead. Uh, Taravina with a beautiful pass uh, just to the other side of the goal to McGinn, who knocked it home. Uh, and now we are 3-3. Uh, 27 seconds later, Tavo Taravainen. You can't take this one away. Gibson in the zone sends the puck to the blue line where it's kept in by Gardner. Carolina's Gardner throws one out in front, looks for deflection from McGinn. The rebound, they score! Tavo Taravainen had one taken off the board, but this one won't count. And the Canes, in a blink, up 4-3. Boy, what a job on the wall Two jackets, gets the puck to the net, does Gardner. And Tara Vinen is able to elevate and score and build on the momentum. Oh, wow. Crossbar and in, high cheese. That thing goes LaVar down. He makes it 4-3, the entire play made by Jake Gardner. He keeps the puck in at the blue line. It was absolutely an incredible effort play by Gardner. So he kept the zone. Uh, Carolina eventually got it to Taravainen for the goal, 4-3. Right before the end of the period, Carolina on the power play, and Nito Niederreiter cashed in. Nate just goes cross ice. Skate the stick out in front. They score! Nito Niederreiter on the power play from Taravainen. And the Canes have a 5-3 lead. Another late period goal from Carolina. 5-3, and I think Columbus was pretty much done at that point. Carolina came out. Uh, they were the better team early in the third period. Uh, they did have to kill off a, uh, a power play at 5-3, but they did a very good job of that. Jordan Martinuk had a great scoring chance uh, shorthanded on that power play. And then uh, Brock McGinn just doesn't know how to stop scoring goals. Tara Vining comes out with it. Gets it to the point. Shot on the score! Jake Bean puts it on net. That could be Brock McGinn's, or it could be Jake Bean's first National Hockey League goal. Was Brock McGinn's seventh of this season. I cannot believe I said that, and the season's not almost over. Uh, McGinn has seven goals in 13 games. Yes, he is on pace for 29 this year. Um, they did challenge. Why not? I mean, uh, you're getting pummeled at this point. Uh, and I actually thought that uh, they were offside on the goal. Uh, but I don't forget even who the players were now. But I did think that they were offside on the goal. Uh, but so what? Uh, they weren't. The goal counts. It was 6-3 Carolina. Jordan Stahl finished off the scoring, uh, as you heard in the very beginning of the podcast, uh, with his sixth of the season. Uh, really off of his knee, it might have grazed his knee. The real play was made by Andrei Svechnikov uh, with the pass into the high slot for a Trocek deflection. 
uh, but that was redirected off of Stahl's knee and passed Elvis Merzlikens, uh, and that closed out the scoring. 7-3, the final. Carolina 2-for-2 two two on the power play. Columbus 0-for-3. Uh, James Reimer with 37 saves. For a guy who didn't play great, uh, he played okay. <laughs> and James Reimer is now 7-1 and one, uh, this season. Quick break. And we'll talk to Alec Campbell on the other side. This is the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Alec Campbell, my friend, will talk to us next. All right, my friend Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, Intermission Host, Hurricanes Radio Network. Uh, I am joining you from my back porch because it's not 27 degrees. Uh, although we are, it is raining out here, uh, but luckily I'm undercover. Uh, it, it's not raining as much as it rained on Columbus goaltenders tonight. Oh, my goodness. What was that? It was raining pucks on Columbus goaltenders tonight. Two Columbus goaltenders because the Hurricanes ran Jonas Corposalo out of the game. Uh, I believe he w- – I guess they switched him up after the uh, second yeah. intermission. Yeah, second intermission. They went with Merzlikens. Yeah, and Merzlikens, he was uh, – I think he was on IR. Or he was kind of out for the last little while. Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize he was active, but uh, not a not a great outing for him. Um, and the Hurricanes do what I think the Hurricanes do, and that's score goals. <laughs> so yeah, uh, never was I that worried about the Hurricanes when they went down three to one, only because in the first period they were getting chances offensively. Uh-huh. I mean, Tavo Teravainen was robbed on the doorstep by Corpusalo. They had one goal taken off the board. They hit a post. Uh, they were getting tons of offensive chances. It was really just in their own end yeah. where they really weren't playing very well. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, not abnormal for this team. <laughs> so I wasn't that, that worried about it. And then they played, I think, arguably their best period of the season in the second. I'm not sure the third period was as good as the – Second period, but they were able to pile on and get a couple of goals. So, I mean, it was uh, quite an impressive win for the Hurricanes in comeback fashion, scoring six unanswered goals after going down three to one. So, yeah, I, I thought I thought they were good in the uh, the early part of the uh, of the third period until it became kind of a uh, a runaway, and then I think they yeah. probably relaxed a little bit. But I thought uh, I thought the middle. First of all, the second period was great. They were they were they were yeah. everything Rod Brindamore wants them to be. Um, right. They were not only stingy in their own end; uh, they were dangerous at the other end of the ice. But you're not going to be that way uh, in the uh, in the NHL all that often. It's not going right. to you're not going to have all of it. Uh, but they did put it all together. I will say this: um, th- this Columbus Blue Jackets team does not resemble a John Tortorella coach team at all. They are a sieve. They allow so many chances. We saw this in yeah. Columbus. I mean, Carolina was the better team in the game they lost. They probably weren't the better team, but they had tons of chances in the game they won 6-5. Um, Columbus, and I was looking at the analytics before that series, and it's so uncharacteristically Columbus because they just give you so many opportunities to score. And I was talking to Rod before that series, and I was when I was looking at it because I asked him the question. 
And I might have asked it. I, no, I, it, it, it was for a Stormwatch. And I asked him the question. I'm like, this really isn't the same Columbus team. And he said, yeah, I don't really want to tell the guys that. <laughs> Yeah, because they do. They give you a lot of chances to get back in the game. So it's like a team. It's like a, a great offensive team without a good bullpen. Uh, they're yeah. just going to keep you in it. And I think Columbus will always keep you in the game. Yeah, I mean, so much so that Brock McGinn had another four point night tonight. <laughs> uh, another four and point night. <laughs> he yeah, I think he, I think he's got another, he's got one other one. In Not his this, career. Yeah, in his career. Uh, back in, yeah. what, 17 or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and he's tied for the lead in goals with Nino Niederreiter. How about that? Sebastian Ajo is sixth on the team in goal scoring. I'm just, <laughs> yes. just going to leave that right there. Yeah. I mean, tonight was the type of game where you're not really looking for who did get points but who didn't. And I think there were like six Hurricanes who did not tally on the score sheet tonight. So it was a dominant performance from a lot of people. Tavo Teravine had his best night. And I thought it was interesting that he talked about the effects of COVID on his body. He did. Because you and I have talked about that in the past, that, you know, you don't know how things are going to affect people. And he said he finally felt better this game. So maybe that's all it was for him. He was my first star tonight. Um, Look at us. You had him too. I did have him for a star. There were a lot of players who could have been stars. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll bet we have a couple of differences. Well, we no, the other one. We'll we'll both have that one too. Uh, maybe no. I actually, I bet we'll be the same. But uh, I thought there were a lot of good players tonight. Did you find it interesting at all? I don't even know if maybe you didn't even look it up. But uh, how little the Aho line played? I didn't. I didn't look it up. So I don't know. They were all in the 13-minute range. Yeah, you know, I was looking at some of the numbers after like two periods, and they all seemed a little low to me. I hope played 12 and a half minutes. That's it. Yeah. Just 12 and a half minutes. Teravon I mean, uh, played 12-13. Uh, McGinn played uh, 11-05. That line had 10 points. I mean, were everybody's number uh, time down, or was uh, it just there? No, it, it everybody was off a little bit. Uh, when a you know the score dictates this, but yeah, uh, it's clear that Rod wants to use that fourth line for a purpose, and uh, Cedric Paquette came in and threw his body around uh, and had five mm-hmm. hits. That line combined for eight hits. I thought it was Jesper Foss' best game in a Hurricanes uniform. I thought he was noticeable on the ice. He got power play time. I would argue that the Nino Niederreiter power play goal was in large part due to the presence of Jesper Foss at the top of the crease. Uh, so that line was very good, and they played. They all played more than 11, more than 11 minutes. Uh, the, uh, the lowest ice time was Paquette at 11.33. Uh, both Fast and Martinook were over 13 minutes uh, time on ice tonight. Uh, so it was spread out. And I don't know that that's what Rod wants, but in this game, that's what Rod was allowed to do. So you didn't have a, uh, you know, a, too much of a workload on Teravon. And I wonder if that is in some way responsible for how good Teravon looked all night. 
Yeah, I mean, I could. it could have been. I mean, you know, judging just by what he said after the game, that he hadn't been really feeling that well. So I would assume that that was communicated at some point. And so maybe they decided, you know, maybe it was a conscious decision to keep him back a little bit. Um, but either way, he was awesome tonight. I thought he was a major play driver. I mean, he had four points on the night and had one taken away yep. from him. So uh, he was both as a passer and a, a playmaker and a goal scorer. He was awesome tonight. So, I mean, that's hopefully, you know, hopefully that continues because and I was looking through just like all the players who have been good and all of the A players who have been good because for the most part, You've gotten strong play from all the big-time players on the team. The only one who hadn't really produced a whole lot was Tavo Teravainen, but it wasn't really hurting them a whole lot because you got Brock McGinn and you got Nino Niederreiter and even Warren Fogle chipping in with some goals. But now you get <laughs> Teravainen back in the mix, and, man, they look like a really <laughs> tough team to beat tonight. Yeah, I mean, like, they're, 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 they're a team that, like uh, – when I, when the Ajo line was on the ice tonight, I thought they were going to score just about every time out. Yeah, um, they were great. Ajo uh, made a like a handful of defensive plays. They had a few steals. Uh, you know, on the yeah. on the goal that was disallowed, it was a steal by Ajo of a, of a yep. Jones. Uh, he tried to pass it up the middle, which probably wasn't the smartest thing he's ever done. Uh, but even on the first goal, uh, the one that went to begin. Uh, Aho stole it along the wall, got it up to Teravainen, who passed it to make, to begin. That was a great pass, uh, also. But also underrated, the Brock McGinn hands. How about the gather and the put away? Hey man, Brock McGinn is a goal scoring machine. He's a natural goal that's scorer. That's what you He's wanted in, to say. That's right. He's a natural <laughs> goal scorer along with Nino Niederreiter. I kept tweeting tonight, uh, like clockwork, Brock McGinn scores again. Or like clockwork, Nino Niederreiter leads the team in goals. Uh, because that's what you expected, is it not? Yes, I did. Uh, I, had, I had Brock McGinn. Uh, Brock, Brock's on pace to score 29 goals this year, just so you know. That's insane. That would be awesome. <laughs> it would be uh, great. Be honest- <laughs> it would be great for everything but... Uh, the Hurricanes salary cap <laughs> on his dad's birthday too. He Hap- got the four point nine. Hap- did he? Did he call his dad Fat Bob? I don't know. I didn't catch the. I didn't catch his interview. I so. thought he called his dad. Yeah. I hope he didn't call his dad Fat Bob. But happy birthday to Bob McGinn. Uh, all right. So if if I told you that uh, through thirteen games, Jordan Stahl would be leading the team in scoring, you would have said what? I would have said, no way, Jose. I don't believe you. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed you if he was leading the team in scoring. Um, I mean, I guess it wouldn't have. It doesn't surprise me necessarily, but it. I, I wouldn't have guessed it at the beginning of the year. Well, That's all I'll say. If you had said that to me, hey, Adam, I think Jordan Stahl is going to lead the team in scoring through 13 games, I would have said, Carolina doesn't score a lot of goals. Yeah. Because <laughs> right, Jordan Stahl has never in his career been a big point producer. But he has 14 points in 11 games. 
14. Yeah, he's been awesome. And he was, you know, again, like 67% inside yeah. the faceoff circle tonight. Uh, had a couple of hits. So I thought he was awesome tonight. I could have given him a star if I wanted to. I did not. You didn't? Get, uh, Jordan Stahl has two goals because one of his knees is gigantic, apparently. Um, yeah. And he, t- he took away Vincent Trocek's goal. Um, you didn't? Who did you give your? I know you gave your second star to Brock McGinn, right? I gave, uh, yes, my second star to Brock McGinn, and my third star I gave to, um, who did I give it to? Terabyte and my first star. Right. McGinn and my second star. Yeah. And my third star was Sebastian Ajo. I gave okay. it to Sebastian Ajo. I liked Ajo, too. Uh, as I was making notes throughout, I said, this is Tavo Terabyte night. And I wrote down right after that, Sebastian Ajo has been great. Um, but I went with Jordan Stahl. I went with the captain. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't. He's been awesome. Yeah, I have no no qualms with that at all. I thought he was great. So, uh, but I've given him uh, like I feel like he's been in my stars in the last like eight games in a row. So, and I thought, I mean, I mean, uh, Ajo. I think he had five, like five shots on goal tonight, and Ajo was. I thought a plus in the face-off circle as well. He was, I think, eight of fourteen or something like that. Um, yeah, the only the only center who wasn't positive was uh, Paquette. Paquette. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I hope for me was was very very good. Look, it was um, again. I'm I'm going to temper it just a bit because I really think that what we're going to see by the end of the year. Now, maybe it'll be different when Zach Wierenski comes back. But this Columbus team has been a mess defensively. Seth Jones is struggling. You know, we we, we have been watching Jacob Slavin and wondering where Jacob Slavin was. I, th- I thought he was also good tonight. Um, I, and I don't... I don't. Is it possible that Jake Gardner was their best defenseman tonight? I thought Jake was really good. I mean, he, especially offensively early on. He was in the play. He was creating chances. He's the one who threw one off the post. Right, and so. he also created the opportunity on the uh, – uh, I'm trying to think which goal it was. I think it was the Taravonid goal uh, that he got from uh, – from, yeah, yeah, it was Gardner. Gardner saved it at the blue line. That could have very easily come out, uh, but it just a good hustle play to keep the zone. Uh, I believe it was on that goal. So uh, I thought Gardner was very good tonight. Um I did not give Brett Pesci a star. That that well, in and of itself is an upset. Well, two. I mean, I didn't give Stahl one. You didn't give Pesci one. So it's a weird night. But again, I mean, there were so many people you could have given stars to. It was really hard to pick. To uh, be honest. Uh, real quick, James Reimer. Third period. James Reimer is good. Third period. James Reimer. Yeah, I thought I thought he struggled a little bit through the first couple of periods. I I, did, I thought he was kind of fighting uphill. I mean, also the first period was not great defensively from anybody. No. Um, so, you know, he gets put in a bunch of precarious situations. He did come up with a few saves, but he let some rebounds get out. Um, you know, I thought there were some, some instances where he was a little bit late and got lucky on a couple of saves, but he got a little bit better as the game went along. So that's fine. But I also think the Hurricanes got better as the game went along they did. as well. Um, and that, that helped him out. But I, I, I thought that tonight he, he fought it a little bit 
for a lot of the game. Uh, I don't I don't disagree, but I thought in the third period, just like in his previous two wins, uh, that in the third yeah. period he was very good and very solid, and there weren't the as. Uh, there weren't the juicy rebound opportunities. Uh, no. Your your thoughts on Kevin Stenland's goal? Oh, well, I mean, first of all, he picked up the spin on the pitch immediately, as good hitters do. Um, it was, I think it was it looked like a quarter. So <laughs> anytime it's, you know, the size of a quarter or bigger, you know, it's probably not spinning enough. Yeah. And it's going to hang right over the plate. So he... Uh, he knocked it over the fence. It was. It, I'm always impressed by those, by those goals. But that kind of contributes to my opinion on the first period as a whole. I mean, you know, the Hurricanes gave up a couple of goals in which I thought their their defense wasn't good. I thought Warren Fogle was kind of victimized on the first one. First one, yeah. Dougie Dougie Hamilton was the classic there, but not there uh, on the second one, and then that one was a little bit fluky. I mean. Yeah. The puck pops way up in the air and goes right to where Stenlin was, and he just whacks it out of midair and scores. So uh, that's that's part of the reason why I wasn't all that worried about the Hurricanes after one period of play, despite the fact that they were down uh, 3-1 at one point. First of all, uh, you can't pitch Kevin Stenlin inside. You can't. <laughs> you just can't pitch him inside. Yeah. He's just going to open up his hips. Like, to me, the funniest part about that goal was that like it, it just seemed like it was happening, happening in slow motion to me. Uh, that he kind of just lined it up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he had so much time, uh, and he literally he swung it like a baseball bat. Good for him. It was a great goal to watch. Uh, I hate it when the other team scores, but I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the comedy of that. Um, but it is uh, that's uh, th- it was a loose first period for Carolina. Your thoughts on Jake Bean tonight? Uh, I thought he was okay. I, I thought that, I mean, good for him scoring the two, uh, his first two NHL points, but I thought he had a couple of tough puck handling moments. There was there was one instance where he was sort of stick handling in the corner and he got pickpocketed. And then in the third period where he couldn't handle the puck, it led to a breakaway yeah. and Reimer had to come up with a save. So, I mean, good and bad for me. Uh, you know, ultimately I think we'll look at it as a positive just because he came away with two points um, I was told but, it was a breakout game. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> think that. I mean, I don't think it was. I don't think it was awful by any means. But uh, I mean, the guy hasn't played in a while. He so, was. He was good know, also, at the things he's supposed to do. He was yeah. good at the offensive end, right? And that's where Jake Bean is going to be good. Like I'm. I'm not. I'm not throwing shade at him at all. Uh, no, me neither. The play on the stall goal, the first stall goal, was a good, smart play, getting it down behind the net. He could have very easily, uh, you know, passed it out to the point, but yeah. he was smart and he shoveled it behind the goal, uh, and that's when Stahl and Warren Fogel played give and go. Um, and then he got the next one through. Not, you know, his other assist, the one, the the Brock McGinn deflection. Uh, he got that through, and uh, McGinn was able to deflect it past. So. Being offensively was good. Uh, defensively, it's going to be a work. It's going to be a work in progress. Yeah, he did. He did the cliche things. Got pucks in deep, threw pucks at the net. Smart guy. Right. Right. Very smart guy. Right. That's what it takes sometimes. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Simple things. All right. Uh, all right. Did uh, now? I know we talked about it, but uh, briefly, what did you uh, see from the fourth line tonight? 
I, I thought they were okay. Uh, Jordan Martinuk was shooting at a soccer net for most of the night. Um, I mean, the first, he had a breakaway that he shot a, about 12 feet over the net. And then he had another one that he just wound up and ripped from like distance and shot it, I don't know, five, six feet wide of the net. So I'm not sure exactly where he was shooting, but that's fine. I'm not necessarily expecting him to be a sharpshooter. I was actually fairly impressed with Paquette. Yeah, I mean, he basically did what he's supposed to do. He he got five hits. He was a pest. Uh, he got in some people's faces. So I kind of liked him for a first game here without, you know, really any, <laughs> any real introduction to what the Canes do. And then you mentioned Faust. I don't know that he was as noticeable to me as he was to you. Perhaps I wasn't paying attention as much, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I am mostly, I guess, pleased with the fourth line. Um, not, not wowed, not, not in awe, but, uh, you know, that's fine. It's a fourth line. It is a fourth line. Probably will not play as much unless Carolina's leading 7-3 a lot, uh, in which case they'll play a lot uh, because it's 7-3 and you're allowed to do that when it's 7-3. Uh, all right, we have, a, uh, we have a Wednesday matinee. Five o'clock. I think we get in cheap. Uh, is it a matinee? Yes. Or is it is it a blue? I was calling it a blue plate special. <laughs> it's the early bird. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the five yeah, the o'clock early, early bird. The early, early bird special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to see a Florida team, by the way, that is really good. Well, excellent. So are the Canes. So <laughs> we'll 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 see who's better. I guess. Uh. All right, this has been a cluster, but this has been fun. Uh, This was, I think this was the podcast version of the first period tonight. Yeah, it might have been. Sorry. No, 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 that that ain't you. I've been uh, been all over the place tonight. Uh, I don't know why. It's it's just been fun. Maybe it's because I'm outside in the rain. Yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the, uh, I'm feeling the, the, the exhaustion of the day right now, you know, and I still got some dishes to do. Uh, By the way. Yes. Someone said to me on the aftermath that they heard me doing dishes during the last podcast, yeah. which was true. Uh, I, I, I could tell because I, I could hear like the clinking of plates and glasses and silverware. Yeah. That's I'm just trying nice. to do two things at once. That's, That's all. fine. You can do that. You know, you, you're, not, uh, you're not offending me. What, uh, what are we cleaning up? Oh, I got uh, some bottles to clean up and uh, a couple of, couple of dishes from dinner. A pan is over there. Um, so yeah, you know, normal, normal run of the mill dishes, normal stuff special. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you. Uh, do you, uh, do you have a drying rack or do you dry by hand? Uh, you know, it's funny. We bought a bunch of those things and they got a lot of use early on, right? But they don't as much anymore. Like at this point, I basically just set out a towel and we only, we only rotate through four bottles. Okay. So, you know, so, you know, I wash them by hand and then I just throw them on the towel upside down, let them drain out. Um, and that's it basically. Perfect. That, that, that's a strategy right there. Yeah. Got to have a yeah. game plan. Uh, coach, you know, it's, coach funny, it's funny with, uh, with baby stuff. It's like, you know, no one, people survived without all this stuff a long time ago. I wore cloth diapers as a kid. 
Did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Come on. I was pre-pamper. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that are great. Like we have this, uh, this basically bottle dispensing machine. That's awesome. That is like, beautiful. It, it's just like a, it's almost like a fountain. Uh, and you just press a button, you pour, pour all the formula in there. You just press start and it pours you a warm bottle in like five seconds. It's like a current. Amazing. Completely. Yeah. Completely <laughs> mixed up. It's awesome. It's like, like a that's probably the, that's the best thing we've bought. <laughs> Honestly, it's the most effective, it's the most efficient, effective and useful thing we, we, we own. And we own a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh, well, good. As long as trip's taken care of, that's the only thing anybody should care about. That's right. All right. Well, uh, you go have a, go finish the dishes, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow. All right, man. Later. Well, that was a Kane's Corner podcast, if I've ever heard one. And I was here for it. Uh, thanks to Alec Campbell for stopping by and whatever we talked about for 20 some odd minutes. I did feel like this entire uh, this entire podcast was the first period in microcosm. Or maybe the first period was this podcast in microcosm. It was a little scattered. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, but it was fun. The Hurricanes 7-3 win was fun. 10-3 and on the season. And we did see a glimpse, mostly in the second period, but I think in the first, uh, probably the first 10 minutes of the third, uh, where Carolina looked like the team Rod Brindamore wants to see. Morning After Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Roofing, siding, windows, entry doors, gutter helmets, they got it. Aluminumcompany.com. Wednesday afternoon, it's a 5 o'clock start against the Florida, is it the Florida Panthers, the Miami Marlins, somebody like that. Uh, that'll be at PNC Arena. I'm actually going to be in the house for that one. We're going to check that one out live. Uh, so we'll talk to you from PNC Arena uh, after the Canes and the Panthers on Wednesday. I am Adam Gold. Thanks to Alec Campbell. Thanks to all of you. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Give us, uh, give us some suggestions, some feedback. Let us know what you think. Subscribe to it. It shows up wherever you get your podcast. And another quick plug for the David Ayers three-part podcast series that part one will drop on Monday of next week, the 22nd. It will be one year to the day that David Ayers beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 6-3 in Toronto. So uh, be on the lookout for part one of the three-part David Ayers podcast David Ayers podcast series. Uh, first part will be Monday. Uh, part two will drop two days later on that Wednesday, and then the following Monday for part three. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Check it out. Uh, all these podcasts come in the same package. Uh, subscribe to the Canes Corner podcast, and it's right there for you. Uh, I am Adam Gold. We'll talk to you Wednesday after the Canes and the Panthers. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.